Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173 or visit buylegacygold.com. When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, our services offer an experience that fits each individual. And for organizations, LHH provides consultative support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process. It's outplacement reimagined. Visit LHHtalent.com today i'm not ready i thought the governor was speaking first it's the john and ken show john cobelt and ken champo kfi am 640 live every okay now we're going to go to the governor all right where he is a word you may have received regarding flex alert that was recently put out something very familiar to many of us here in california and increasingly all across the western united states let me begin though by trying to contextualize the moment we're living in. For years and years and years, and I would put this in global terms, we, all of us, have been trying to outrun Mother Nature. But it's pretty clear uh, that Mother Nature uh, has outrun us. The reality is we're living in an era of extremes, extreme heat, extreme drought, and with the flooding that we're experiencing around the globe, just ask folks in Missouri, in Kentucky, or in Pakistan, uh, the extreme floods as a consequence uh, of Mother Nature's fury. The hots are getting a lot hotter. The dries are getting a lot drier. We're living again in an age of extremes. I don't have to explain that to anybody living here, in particular in California. The drought seven of the last 10 years that we have experienced is self-evident. The challenges now that present themselves anew across the western United States as we try to grapple uh, with water deliveries that we've come accustomed to for uh, generations in the Colorado River only punctuate the new reality. Just ask folks, I was taking a look the other day of what was going on in Europe and what's going on in the Rhine River Basin. 
in the fact these larger rivers are no longer navigable. The Yangtze River in China. Look what's happening in China as it relates to the extreme heat and the extreme weather. Challenges faced even in other parts of this country, notably Texas last year and the tragic loss of hundreds of lives associated uh, with blackouts and grid reliability. That's been expressed, I think, by three emergency proclamations in Texas over the last number of months, uh, expressing itself uh, in extreme terms. So that's the world we're living in. None of that, again, necessarily surprises any of you. The question is, what are we going to do about it? How can we maintain our resilient mindset? How can we work our way through these things? And how can we thrive, not just survive, in an era of such extremes? And that's the purpose of today's briefing. I wanted to update you on where we are and where we're going. But one thing I don't need to uh, remind you of as you walk out your door today on your way to work, uh, well, how hot it's gotten. Take a look at your five-day forecast. Uh, we are looking at yet another heat dome, another heat wave, as often referred to here in the western United States and notably here in California. Between now and next Wednesday, we're going to be experiencing a prolonged heat uh, moment. We're going to have opportunity now in the next number of days to experience, many of us, uh, what many have not experienced back to back to back to back to back, and that's triple-digit uh, weather. Uh, I was taking a look as I was walking in at how hot it was in one part of California, Death Valley. Uh, they will look to experience in the next hour or two 120-degree temperatures, projected to be as high as 122 in California in Death Valley tomorrow. Uh, we are anticipating uh, this extreme heat to be a length and duration likes of which we haven't experienced in some time. Yes, we're used to record-breaking temperatures, maybe a day or two more episodic, uh, but this is an extended period. And as a consequence, it's going to require us to extend our thinking and our imagination in terms of working together to keep people healthy. And I want to talk about that, keep people safe. Uh, and to make sure uh, that we are working to address our energy needs and energy reliability. Because at the end of the day, uh, Mother Nature has presented itself uh, in this context. Energy reliability becomes more and more challenging. Energy reliability becomes more and more stressed because demand increases. At the same time, supply decreases. Let me be more specific. We've talked often about the drought here in the state of California. Uh, last year, we experienced something related to the drought we had never experienced in the history of this state. One of our largest sources of hydroelectricity in the state of California, the Orville Dam, uh, the Hyatt Power Plant, had to be shut down, first time in history. Uh, that's a 925-megawatt system. We lost about 600-plus megawatts just from shutting down that hydroelectric source. As a consequence, not only of that example last year, we see other examples where hydroelectricity is not as reliable as a consequence of this drought and the lower reservoirs we're seeing across the western United States and certainly here in California. So we're losing megawatts. Mega drought means less megawatts. So on a supply side, we're challenged by these extremes, and on the demand side, not surprisingly, uh, people are turning up the AC. Uh, people understandably are trying to escape 
the heat. And so we have to address that twin challenge anew. And that's why uh, you heard about perhaps that flex alert that was put out earlier today uh, by the ISO, which is the California Independent System Operator. It's something just fancy way of saying those are the folks that well, keep the lights on. And the flex alert just asks you if you can do a little bit more. Uh, we voluntarily ask you to do a little bit more to help us get through the next week or so uh, to turn, interestingly, up a little bit the thermostat at home to 78 degrees. Try to pre-cool earlier in the day the, the home. Uh, try not to use uh, too much electricity in those key hours. And the key hours are between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, in the evening. Try to reduce your consumption to the extent possible. Uh, if you're not home, it's a holiday weekend, Labor Day weekend, and you're out enjoying yourself, uh, we encourage you, before you leave home, if you can turn uh, those thermostats up to 85 degrees. That would also help reduce demand, particularly with so many of the automatic uh, thermostats that we all have and enjoy. Uh, we want to make sure, again, we're not using unnecessarily and consuming unnecessarily uh, too much electricity. So Flex Alert's just an opportunity to elevate a consciousness for all of us to prepare to enter into this week and to work our way through what will be perhaps the most challenging two days, and that's Sunday and Monday, this coming Sunday and Monday, where we are anticipating, based on current projections, this will change on a daily basis, a little over 48,000, as much as 48,200, 48,500 megawatts of consumption. Now, if you're like me, that means everything and nothing. It just means the highest needs in terms of consumption year to date. And it puts us in a position where we have some vulnerabilities. Uh, and that means we need to do things a little bit differently, not just on the demand side to meet that potential peak, particularly coming into this weekend, Sunday and Monday, uh, but also on the supply side. And that's why just a few moments ago, I signed an executive order, uh, something very familiar to all of us here in California. We did it last year and the year before, as I said, many other states offering similar approach uh, to allow us a little bit more flexibility, more flexibility across the spectrum in terms of procuring supply at the same time to prepare. So demand response, try to get the reduction uh, that uh, you're accustomed to and have been so successful at in the past and address the supply needs by creating some more flexibility pursuant, pursuant to this emergency order that would allow us to diversify our sources uh, and allow, for example, uh, some short-term mitigation in terms of consumption along our ports. A good example of that would be a lot of ships that are along our ports. If they can keep their engines on as opposed to using shoreside power, that would reduce demand on the entire grid. We've been working with businesses in our industrial sector who've been incredible partners in the past uh, to work to reduce uh, their demand uh, and as well in the next coming days. And uh, we'll continue to work closely with them as they work our way through this. You know. Briefly, I just want to go back, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, uh, and go back to August of 2020. You may recall that was a challenging period. Uh, a lot of what you're hearing me say today was said in August of 2020. Uh, we had some short-term challenges. Uh, we, we had a few minutes there uh, where we had to make some very difficult decisions, and it required us to think completely differently. And we did a root cause analysis of what led to some of those short-term issues in August of 2020. And it led us to take a look uh, across a spectrum. Number one, how can we coordinate a lot better with the ISO, the Independent System Operator, and our other 
uh, members of our regulatory agencies and energy agencies from the CPUC, the California Public Utilities Commission, the CEC, which is the California Energy Commission, to make sure that we're more collaborative in terms of our approach, again, both on procurement, uh, demand side, supply side, and the like. Uh, we have since taken, since July, in fact, of, uh, of August 2020, 161 actions. Uh, we have initiated or completed 161 projects and procured an unprecedented number of megawatts for this state. Uh, so much so that we broke records last year in terms of total procurement. Some 11,500 megawatts were procured. Uh, recently, working collaboratively with the legislature, we were able uh, to break through another huge issue that was facing us, and that was addressing the issue of time uh, to project delivery. Now, you've all heard, particularly in this room, the challenges we've had as it relates to the pandemic and the impact that's had on supply chain and issues related to tariffs and the like. And, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to hear me talk more about that. What are we going to do about that? We've had to work around that. And one of the significant action items that we took this year in particular as part of the after action report and the recommendations that were made uh, as it relates to the impacts of August 2020 uh, was changing our procurement strategies, meaning our permitting to get these projects, these renewable projects moving. Now, we've had a lot of success in that space. We were able to actually get the language. We were able to actually get uh, an effort that uh, moves the permitting to a maximum of 270 days, basically trying to create certainty in a process that no exaggeration, in the past has taken upwards of six years, which is ridiculous and unacceptable, particularly in the world we're living in. So this notion of changing permitting, changing the processing to get these projects up, uh, we took to heart as part of our root cause analysis and that after action report and working with the legislature, we were able to move in a meaningful and historic way. Accordingly, we recognized that we needed to do more in terms of de-risking our transition to green energy. And don't think for a second, I'll talk more about that in a moment, uh, that we are not doing anything except accelerating. I mentioned what we're doing on permitting and procurement, accelerating that transition to low carbon, um, renewable sources of energy. Uh, but one of the areas we wanted to advance was a de-risking strategy to create a larger buffer uh, so that we're not doing this on an annual basis. And we worked with the legislature, and we were able to move through just in June. This was a process, took about six months working through the budget process to get $4.2 billion uh, to move an effort to be able to put together uh, a capacity to break glass on some 4,000 or so megawatts. Interestingly and importantly in relationship to the moment we're in, that was done in June. Already we've been able to... All right, why don't we uh, fade out of this? Because uh, honestly, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, that was a load. That was a big load there. That's uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, the California government is now scrambling because... We're going to have a bad heat wave. It's going to go on for a week, and we don't have the energy to cover this heat wave. So it's the governor begging you not to use too much electricity. It's what it is because his administration and the previous administrations have botched the long-term energy plan. They don't have the supply. They did not build the infrastructure to deal with a state of 39 million people. 
droughts uh, have happened um, forever in California. I, I think I told you uh, that you go back to um, the eight, uh, the area, let's see, it would be from about 850, the year 850 to the year 1040. And that was about a 200-year drought in California, 200 years. It was followed by 50 years of rain. And then that was followed by 240 years of more drought. So you had, in less than a 500-year period, 400 years worth of drought. 400 years worth of drought. It 20-year droughts are even more common, obviously. So the idea that we've had a, a drought that's lasted a few years is entirely normal. Now, if you're the governor of the state... If you're a legislature, I don't care what party you're from, uh, you plan for this, uh, especially when you're constantly inviting new people to move in, like immigrants, because everybody who comes in here is going to use more power. So um, these kind of things should have been decided uh, years ago. We've had mostly Democratic rule for the last 25 years, and I'm sure they could have built nuclear power plants, they could have built natural gas plants, they could have built coal plants uh, to meet the electricity needs. They're always doing evaluations on how life is going to change in the future. They bet the farm on wind and solar, and that will go down in history as a big miss. It already is. We, we tell you this, and people get irritated because it's not politically correct. It is um, going against the grain, but there is no actual factual response. You could say, well, that makes me uncomfortable when you say that. That's not what people are thinking. That's not what people want. Fine. It's not what people want. They don't want gas-powered uh, plants, and they don't want to burn oil and coal and all that. However, uh, relying on wind and solar in a state the size of California is clearly a losing proposition. They're not getting enough power from wind and solar, and you cannot store the energy it creates. So when the wind dies down and the sun sets, you're out of luck. At least a nuclear plant and natural gas plants or coal plants, they can run constantly. If you notice, the only other state that has this problem is Texas, because despite Texas' reputation for its politics, it made the same dumb mistake some years ago and bet heavily on wind and solar and other forms of energy were not developed or closed or dismantled or slowed down. They made the same mistake. So the two biggest States who require the most energy stupidly decided to bet the farm on wind and solar, the two most unreliable sources, the other 48 States. I looked today. I can't find anybody else having a problem. The other 48 states are largely relying on traditional energy sources. You simply can't have it both ways. You can't be new and cool and trendy and planet-friendly and also supply enough energy for 39 million people. Cannot do it. And what you hear with Newsom, I can't remember the last time he took over uh, the media for 20 minutes. Uh, I, I just uh, simply cannot remember maybe a couple of those COVID press conferences, but nobody really paid attention to that. Um, this is, and, and now the, the irony of ironies, and we're going to get this into great detail coming up after the 2.30 news, is they announced this week that um, you shouldn't be charging your car if it's electric between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. 
because demand for electricity remains high. So starting on Wednesday, today, and running until Tuesday, residents are asked not to charge their electric vehicles between those hours. Now, you may remember just last week, Newsom announced that they were going to ban the sale of gas-powered cars in the state as of 2035, and that dealerships and uh, manufacturers are going to be required to sell 35% of their fleet uh, uh, as electric cars. So they're mandating, or they're trying to mandate, electric cars for sale. Uh, and then they're telling the customers who buy them, well, you can't charge them from 4 until 9. Now, that's preposterous. Uh, when you pay the kind of taxes we pay in California, I think everybody should demand and expect that the major needs of modern life be met right off the top, right? So uh, first thing you fund is electrical generation, water generation. You start with that. Protection uh, from the police, educational system. Uh, you, you could save all your social justice, equity, diversity programs for another day. But uh, the hardware has to be funded first. The infrastructure has to be funded first. They have not done so. It's been a colossal botch. It's been uh, decades of bad governing. And uh, Newsom has just made it more extreme. And if you notice, I was sitting here listening. I tried to listen to him closely, which is really difficult. Uh, but he's decided, uh, they, basically, they're blaming the weather. And the weather is not unusual. I figured out first couple of years I moved here that, wow, September's the hottest month of the year. And we're almost in September. It's late August, September, early October. That's the hot months. Different than the East Coast. East Coast, it's July up till mid-August. Uh, by Labor Day, you often start getting a whiff of autumn. But here, it is intense, dry, desert heat. And uh, that's happened almost every year that I can remember without fail. You can mark it on the calendar. So the heat wave we're having is not abnormal. It is entirely way the, the way the, the planet works. We get the big heat bubble coming here end of August, early September, and it lasts for several weeks. Uh, and he's also basically blaming you. He's, it's like, you have to use less energy. It's like, whoa, buddy, you're supposed to supply the energy. And this is what's been lost here. They are, their responsibility is to supply the energy. He has failed. The legislature has failed. The people who run our energy systems have failed. And they're, they're going to be failing over the next week. And he must be really nervous because not that he's in danger of not being reelected, but remember, he wants to be President Newsom. And he can't afford the big blotch of a blackout because he so badly mismanaged our state's energy system. And that's what it is. It doesn't matter what he says, what all the sycophants in the media say, what all the toadies in the legislature say. This is his botch. It is the legislature's botch. They're about to close a nuclear power plant. And just in the last couple of weeks, they issued an emergency. And they're going to try to keep it open for another 10 years. There were three more natural gas plants that were going to be shut down by now. At the last minute, I believe last year, he extended the life of those three natural gas plants. Uh, why is he doing this? Oh, last year, they stole a significant amount of electricity that was headed from the Pacific Northwest to Arizona. It was running down transmission lines that cut through California. Arizona had already paid for it. We intercepted it and used it. We stole it from Arizona. 
true. So we're extending a nuclear power plant that he wanted to close. We're extending natural gas plants, three of them that he wanted to close. We stole energy from Arizona. He stole it because we don't have a system that can handle hot summer days. And then he's acting like, well, this is unprecedented. It is not unprecedented. Imagine Governor Newsom during the 200-year drought from, uh, you know, the year 1040 to uh, 1240. What's that? What? What? What, what would governor? What, what, why? Why do you think the natives, native uh, tribes, moved around so much? Because at times, areas in California became uninhabitable, and you had to move because there was no water. And when there's no water, you don't even have animals that you can eat. Everybody clears out, and so the people cleared out along with the animals. That's part of the normal patterns of the planet. But he knows that most people don't know this stuff, so he knows he can fill people's empty heads with any kind of nonsense, and they're all going to nod along because they're members of his tribe, and so they want to signal their obedience. But the flex alert is happening because Newsom and the legislature and Jerry Brown and Schwarzenegger and you name it, for 25 years, have badly mismanaged the state. Again, there's only one other state in crisis, the largely Republican-run state of Texas, and they made the same mistake. They they over-relied on wind and solar that are not reliable, and both California and Texas are in a pickle here, not the 48 other states. The water restrictions, which began for many cities in L.A. County, So the two things we absolutely must have, the electricity and the water, are being rationed with threats of it being cut off. Is he still talking? I think he's done. He actually stopped. No, he is. Oh, he's all part of, again, a $648 million wildfire package. Don't you feel uh, like you've gone insane? That adds to the forest resilience work that we referred to in the previous slides. The emergency response will continue to do more real time intelligence. John and Ken show, KFI, Um, due to a uh, technical malfunction, the last uh, Gavin Newsom clip was not the extension of his original speech. It was a different speech. Uh, Apparently, we were getting a feed off YouTube. Newsom did come to the end, but YouTube cycled into another speech, which sounded like the first one. So Deborah Mark was correct that he was done speaking. Why, thank you, John. All right. And, uh, I mean, if you want to rat out Eric, you can do that yourself. No, it's all good. I'm trying to get along with everybody. It's it's all good. Eric has a a heart of gold, and he didn't know. And it gets very confusing, these YouTube videos. Well, I mean, you heard one Newsom drone. you've, You've heard them all. Uh, Coming up after uh, 3 o'clock, we're going to do more on this. We're going to talk with, who are we talking to? (laughs) I've got it in front of me. Hang on. I'll find it. What does Ken call you, Mr. Magoo? Yes. Uh, uh, Yeah, about 30 years ago. (laughs) Catherine Reheis-Boyd is going to be with us. She has served as president of the Western States Petroleum Association, uh, and uh, she oversees the oil and gas industry's operations and advocacy here in the West, to talk about uh, Newsom, the flex alert, uh, being told you cannot plug in your electric car between 4 and 9 o'clock, just a few days after they said there will be a mandate that you can only buy electric cars 
here in California by 2035. So obviously there's a uh, huge discrepancy there, to say the least. So we'll get to that with her after uh, 3 o'clock. Now, the one of the other stories we're watching, uh, but we're getting no information on, as far as I know, is the bill that would bring back zero bail. And we've done a lot on this story this week. Uh, zero bail was brought to us by uh, one of the uh, biggest blowhards in the legislature, Bob Hertzberg, a Democrat out of uh, San Fernando Valley, Van Nuys. And uh, he, he has a real act where he gets all self-righteous and angry and claims that no bail for uh, criminals uh, actually lowers the crime rate. Uh, which, of course, it does no such thing. As uh, we told you yesterday, the uh, Yolo County uh, District Attorney announced this week that's of the people let out on zero bail, 70% were arrested shortly thereafter for a crime. So it, uh, I believe logic would tell you that. I don't think you have to look at statistics to know that if you let arrestees out immediately and they learn there's no consequences, they'll commit more crimes because that's what these people do. Uh, they're bad people. Bad people really exist. Um, so then there was a ballot proposition on zero bail, and zero bail lost badly. Uh, Hertzberg had withdrawn his bill last year because there was a terrible murder up in the Sacramento area at the time that he was submitting the bill, and it involved somebody who'd stolen a car, a guy who stole a car, transient Troy Davis, and after uh, getting arrested for the car theft, then he was let go on zero bail. Uh, it was a COVID uh, deal at the time. And then he went out and raped and murdered a 61-year-old woman, Kate Tibbetts, also killed her dogs and burned her house. So Hertzberg realized the climate really wasn't too good to try to sell zero bail. A lot of the Democratic legislatures actu legislators actually jumped ship. Isn't that what you need? You actually have to have... A woman who's raped and brutally murdered and her dogs murdered for Bob Hertzberg to temporarily back off. And then when the uh, voters punched him in the nose with the ballot initiative, still didn't get the message. He tried to bring it back on the sneak this week. And today's supposed to be the deadline for them to vote on it. And I assume up until this moment, he hasn't been able to get the votes. Otherwise, they would have passed it. They've passed it. So they passed a few other turds in the last few days, some of uh, whom, uh, some of which Newsom is probably going to uh, veto. But this one is still hanging out there, and I have been looking everywhere that I can, and I can't find any word on it. So uh, he may still have holdouts that he's trying to cajole or trying to do a deal with. I don't know. But it's got to happen by the close of business today. And if it doesn't happen, then it's dead for the rest of the year, at least. And I'm now he's out of the legislature, but I'm sure there's some other boob that's going to pick up the baton on this one. And remember, Hertzberg is running for L.A. County supervisor to replace Sheila Kuehl, of all people. Uh, I mean, the, 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 it's just amazing. You talk about one of the worst, one of the worst local politicians, one of the Worst county supervisors, it's Sheila Kuehl, and she could get replaced by one of the worst representatives, uh, State Senator Bob Hertzberg. 
I mean, there's just absolutely nothing. If you remember, uh, Hewell's, one of her late sins was um, shutting down outdoor dining at restaurants in November of 2021, just as Thanksgiving was about to hit. I think they did this on a few days before Thanksgiving. And before the closures took effect the next day, she ran out to an outdoor restaurant, had one last meal in Santa Monica, and was caught. But she had already, I believe she was might have been the uh, decisive vote in uh, banning outdoor dining which lasted throughout the Thanksgiving Christmas season. Cost businesses a ton of money. God knows how many businesses went out of business, how many restaurants because of what she did. Well, she's finally termed out, 80 years old, so she's done. And here comes Hertzberg, potentially to replace her. He's got an opponent, uh, somebody who used to be a politician in West Hollywood. So uh, I, I don't know that woman very much. I'm not sure she's any better. But Hertzberg is trying to let felons out on zero bail. That should be unforgivable, don't you think? Am I crazy? I I really feel like I'm going crazy. I go through these stories every day, and every day I start feeling, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm misreading this stuff. Maybe I'm wrong about all this. It's it's really hard to keep your sanity. So uh, we'll be on top of this. It's Senate Bill 262. If you have not called any of your legislators about this, this is one of those Curious pieces of legislation. Usually they're impervious to criticism, but you get them today when it's a last-minute deal and it's just uh, you know two two and a half months until election day, and this is hanging in the balance. It's very controversial. You know maybe they decide I don't need that headache this year. All right, uh, I don't want to run with that in the air. I don't want to vote for zero bail and then tomorrow another zero bail beneficiary uh, kills a young girl somewhere. I'd rather not deal with this for the current election cycle. So you could have some influence by calling up Hertzberg or any of these other characters in the state Senate. All right. So coming up, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Catherine Reheis-Boyd. And she's uh, been the president of the Western States Petroleum Association. And we are going to talk about uh, the uh, flex alert from the independent system operator that runs the electrical grid and how they're begging us to cut down our electricity between 4 and 9 o'clock because they're running out again. And if we don't play, play ball, then they're going to give us blackouts. So Newsom blackouts, he's so scared, he gave a long speech at 2 o'clock trying to cajole everybody because President Newsom can't run on California blackouts. John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark has the news, KFI AM 640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.